Welcome to the Finding Backcountry Podcast with your host, Dustin Whitwer. I am Dustin Whitwer, and this is the Finding Backcountry Podcast. Follow along on my journey of learning from the best backcountry hunters each week as we explore valuable information I use to find success in the backcountry. Let's get to the show. Okay, live from the Western Hunting and Conservation Expo here in Salt Lake City, this is Mark Smith, the Muley Slayer on Finding Backcountry Podcast. And today I'm the guest host. Uh, Dustin gave me the reins, so I get to sit here and talk about uh, mule deer hunting and bow hunting and archery in general. But the most special thing about today is I have Master Guide, Mr. Tommy Young right here. And uh, he's kind of bashful, so bear with us here a little bit. He's got more knowledge than probably 90% of this room on backcountry hunting, and he was backcountry before backcountry was cool. So, uh, Tommy, nice to have you on here today. I know this is a rare opportunity, and I wanted to take it. I didn't mean to spring it on you there last second, but uh, I just saw the opportunity to do this because I just did a podcast with Dustin uh, back a couple of months ago, and we talked about how I got started in hunting and you know as well as I know as a little boy I watched you and Larry Stokes bow fishing and hunting with your bows and arrows and I think you were even shooting Hoyts before I knew how to spell Hoyt so uh, that was a long time ago and uh, what I'd like for the listeners to know you know this is our family heritage as Smiths and for you know you're a young but you're half Smith um, there's a lot of people that follow what we do our family heritage so um just like you set an example for me as a young person and got me going into bow hunting, who was that person for you? Who taught you how to bow hunt or showed you bow hunting or inspired you? Uh, it's probably my cousin, Newland Smith. And, uh, yeah, definitely. He got me interested in bow hunting. How old were you when you started bow hunting? Uh, probably 14, 15. Did you start out with a compound bow, or did you have a recurve? Oh, no, it was a recurve. <laughs> you started off with a, 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 a recurve, or a home, was it probably one you made out of something, probably, huh? <clears throat> yeah, it was a fiberglass, and and I think my first nice recurve was a, a red wing. A red wing. Yeah. So when you, uh, when you got into it, you just saw Hewlin doing it, picked up a bow, and went out. And Do you remember what the first thing you ever shot with a bow and arrow was? I think it was... Probably a Nutria or an Armadillo. <laughs> a Nutria and Armadillo. Yeah, my, I just told him the other day, mine was a soft shell turtle. <laughs> I was yeah. going across the golf course, going up to Skelly Lake, you know, on that back bridge when you cross the creek there at yeah. Granny's. And there was a soft shell turtle about this big swimming under the bridge right there. And I went to get my pellet gun and shoot him. But I said, shoot, man, I, I think I can shoot that with my bow. And John Hatch was with me, you know, and I drew back and <laughs> shot that thing and pinned him to the mud and Ran home, made Granny and Eva take a picture of me. I don't even know what we did with it. or well, Probably she might have cooked it. I can't remember, but uh, that was a soft-shell turtle. So anyway, that, that and one thing I learned early about bow hunting was uh, all game is big game, and everything must die with a bow and arrow, right? Oh, so, it was. Back then. It was. <laughs> yeah, and it was a means of supper, most likely, right? Yeah. We didn't just shoot stuff to uh, shoot it. We were going to get it in a pot or a skillet, huh? Yeah. <clears throat> Here you go. Get you a bottle of water. Um so when did you what what's that what year hang on just a second 
Huh? Well, that's okay. Keep going. Sorry about that. We had technical difficulty here. We had a rookie there. <laughs> so anyway, make sure you get him more than me, man. Uh, so got going. What year do you think you started bow hunting big game with a bow and arrow? Well, I probably started hunting whitetail in the late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. And, uh, did you hunt them on the ground when you first started out, or did you always hunt out of tree stands and stuff? Trees. Out of trees? Yep. Yeah. And so I know over the years you've had some bear bows, right, and some Hoyt bows. But well, when I saw my red wing, I bought a Hoyt, and that's when they just came out. And uh, I shot that probably for 20 years. Same bow. And, uh, wow. And killed some deer. I never killed an elk. Yeah, I did. I killed a, a cow elk. With your Hoyt? Yeah. And, and then uh, and then I learned how to cow call and kind of picked up. And yeah. Got a new bow. So y'all been hunting. Now, you've been hunting over in Meeker, Colorado area, right? For right. For how long? Talk to about that a little bit because I know Hewlin introduced you to that too, right? Yeah. We, uh, Hewlin had a cabin in between Meeker and, uh, oh, I can't remember the little town west or back east of Meeker, but he had a cabin on White River, and we came up with him for probably 30 years, and he died up here. He passed away there at the house, and we, uh, my partner and I got together and bought it Yeah. from his wife. Right. So next year will be 44 years that we've been coming up. Yeah. The first the first year we came up we were gun hunting. The second year gun hunting. And then we started bow hunting. I think in seventy six. And at that time up there I, I went fifteen years without seeing a, another bow hunter. Really? Or another hunter. And the first hunter I saw was a black powder hunter. Yeah. But it's not like that anymore. It's a lot <laughs> a lot of and that's good. You know, a lot of a lot of people hunt that area. It's that, a drawdown. Yeah. I was going to say, how did that affect the way you hunt that area? When you went from just being able to go buy a license and hunt it to having to draw it like every other year now, um, did y'all just find other areas to hunt from your cabin on, on regular over-the-counter units, or what did you do? Yeah, we buy over-the-counter, and we can hunt uh, Peonce Creek area over-the-counter, and then north of Glenwood Springs. We go in there. I killed a nice bull in there. And kill two bulls in there. Yeah. And then we hunt Sheriff's Reservoir. I think that's unit. I don't know what unit that is. 236, I think. Yeah. I think you're right. You know, I, I've tried to hunt with you guys up there a couple of times, and it just hasn't worked out. I either didn't draw the tag or I messed up my application or something. I, I tried to get a deer and an elk tag this year to hunt with you guys, and it didn't work out. But I know y'all went, and you said it was a great – you know, I, we struggled. Sean and I hunted on public land down in uh, a wilderness area in southern Colorado. Not wilderness, but backcountry area. And they weren't talking or nothing. We just struggled for 15 days. Now, up there in the Meeker area, you said it was a banner year, right? They were bugling, yeah, carrying on. Yeah, there was a lot of, we saw a lot of bulls, and it was, it was really too hot to hunt in the morning. So we only hunted the afternoons, and it, you know, we couldn't get back like further because of the heat. And so we hunted close to roads, but in really, really thick stuff, up gullies, yeah. deadfalls, and, 
and uh, beetle trees and stuff. And uh, found some good wallas, and saw some bulls, called some bulls in, called some nice ones. Yeah, I mean, I know y'all have seen some good ones over the years. I know I've seen, you know, your barn's got some pretty good racks in it. I know you've shot some good ones. I, I, we got to make that happen somehow, some way, man. If we just got to go and do it, uh, maybe we'll take old Sean up there with us someday and, and try it. But uh, anyway, um, back to uh, just back to bow hunting in general. Um, you're 70. You just turned 70 this year. And I think I told my listeners he he was hanging tree stands just after his 70th birthday and out cutting holes and still showing me. I'm still the whippersnapper. So. I, I, I'm 47 years old and I'll be walking in the woods and I'll miss, I'll totally miss something. I'll miss a scrape or I'll miss a rub. And Tommy will gently say, Mark, you, you got to be paying attention, son. Look, look at this. And I'll just walk right past this fresh scrape or that, that kindling we found down the bottoms that you're like, man, this is, this is a priceless pile of kindling. And those things like that are priceless to me. And I don't think, uh, I don't think there's enough men in the world today with the woodmanship skills that your generation obviously had. Uh, I know it's, if I'm having, if you're having to teach me and I still don't know it, I'm trying to learn it. But I know that comes from a lifetime of spending time down in the bottoms or out in the woods and hunting and just overall woodsmanship. And, you know, I'll say this for the place, and I'm going to brag on you a little bit more. I can't brag enough, but... um, over the years, this property that we hunt in Jefferson, uh, Texas, down in Little Cypress Bottoms, it is it is the most difficult, it's some of the most difficult hunting you can hunt to find a mature whitetail buck. And in a place where you're foaming at the mouth to shoot a 125-inch deer, Tommy killed one that went, and you know, he's, I don't think he even put it in Pope and Young, but it went like 156 or 157? 154. 154. 154-inch 10-pointer uh, in a place where you cut your eye teeth out to kill a Pope and Young whitetail. Um, Tommy relied 110% on woodsmanship skill, I would say, on that because you didn't run trail cameras. And you didn't have, you didn't shoot that deer off of a feeder and you didn't have trail camera pictures. You just simply followed sign, looked for big tracks, knew where big scrapes, big rubs were, and Basically, I think you could just smell them, right? Like you have the most incredible, Tommy has the most incredible sense of smell of anyone I know. And I I know we can be walking in the woods and you'll say, hey, do you smell that? And I'm like, what is it? And it'll be like, oh, it's a big buck over there. And sure enough, man, I can put a trail camera there and it'll be a big buck in my, in my camera. And, uh. I started, Tommy, when they were hunting, he, he saw five bucks one afternoon and he described all of them. And I'm going, man, he. This guy, man, he just, he'd tell me anything, right? So I go hang a trail camera over there where we were hunting. All five of those bucks got on the trail camera that week. And I was like, man, I, I'm, I'll i just listen and keep my mouth shut. And I know I'm overpraising you, but I don't think I can overpraise you. But the fact is, is, man, you're the real deal. You've, you've got the skills. And those are skills you've learned just from doing it, right? Not relying on technology, not relying on uh, just all of the things that people do. You, you truly, and you... You've, you've shot a lot of deer, and I know you've shot a lot of deer with a bow and arrow, but it's been probably, what, five or six years since you've even shot a deer with your bow? And by choice, you just... Yeah, probably. Uh, probably. That last 10-pointer you shot with Scooter uh, found for you was the last yeah. one, right? And it's just because you, you've come to appreciate... It's kind of like you can't have your cake and eat it too, right? So if I shoot the buck, I don't get to sit and watch the buck. So by the time somebody gets... 70 years of age and they've been enjoying the backcountry and the wilderness as long as you have 
sometimes having your cake and just you having it for that day and you get to see it and enjoy it means more than bringing it home and putting it on your wall and post it on Instagram and Facebook, right? I mean, right. just being able that you had that experience with you, the animal, and the creator means more than actually killing it. Right. That's, that's where I'm trying that's where I'm struggling, and I'm trying hard to get there for you, man. But I'm, I, I am half jester, you know. So <laughs> I, I still like to shoot them. But man, uh, you're truly a person to be admired in that aspect. And uh, I guess, well, you know, I just wanted to have this conversation. I know you didn't want to do it, and I'm certainly glad that you did do it. And I think it went really well. But I'd like, uh, you know, do you have any little nuggets of wisdom? Uh, do you if, for for the next generation coming up, the guys that are listening to this going, man, I watch Mark, I like Mark, and now here's the guy that taught Mark. What could you offer those guys about just something that would help them in the woods? Well, as far as elk hunting, don't be shy. the the deep The deepest, darkest, steepest, thickest woods and mountains are where I hunt elk, and I, that's what I look for. I look for elk sign, and then I start looking for where they're bedding down, and that's where they, that's where they like to, to bed. And usually, it's right above the aspen, in the in the spruce. And I don't hunt early. I go out after they've bedded down, and then I, I start just cow calling with a hoochie mama. Hoochie mama. And if I never get one to squeak at me or something, well, I call them in with a mouth call. Because you can't use it all the time because it gets wet. Yeah, it loses its pitch. But uh, that's the best. That's what I've always done. No matter how hard it is, or how hard it is to make yourself go in an area, you have to do it. Yeah. Well, I would ask you something about mule deer, but his take on mule deer is uh, when I shoot them in the high country in August. He's always said, "Well, they look like doe with antlers." I'd rather be chasing bugling bulls. So I know you don't have any a mule deer is just not your thing, but I know you have a strong passion for elk and, and pretty much anything wild and truly wild. So uh, I think that was a good nugget of information for you guys out there. And those that follow along on Instagram, man, this is my cousin, Tommy. He's Tommy young. He means everything to me. And uh, he's the guy that got me going and had made me who I am today. And I just appreciate your time. And we appreciate you taking this opportunity, sir. Thank you, Mark. Yep. It's good having you yep. here. It's been a real pleasure. Catch y'all later. I hope you enjoyed it. Hey everybody. Thank you for listening to the finding Backcountry podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, Make sure you subscribe and mention it to your friends. But the best thing you can do, leave a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. For notes and links to this and other episodes, please visit findingbackcountry.com.